Hello, and welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Edie Quinn, and we've got a great show for you today. Before we get started, though, I'd like to remind you that you can support the show by joining us on Patreon at patreon.com slash human machine. For just $3, you can join up and get instant access to the 12 zines that I've released this year, as well as music sneak peeks and lots of other things. If you join by Halloween, there's going to be a very special surprise coming. And now, on to the show. You're hearing My Words Are Sacred by Closet Witch, featuring my pal Molly Piatesky on vocals. The song comes from their new album, Chiaroscuro, which you can pre-order now from Zegama Beach Records. A song I remember a lot from my childhood being played was Sarah by Fleetwood Mac. Um, Probably played every day in my household as a kid. Um, Or David Bowie, Golden Years, too. Both of those songs were very prominent in my youth, and I have a strong memory of that. Yeah, you know, Fleetwood Mac, that really... That really tracks for me in the in the like little bit that I know about you personally. Like Yeah. Um because you're really into like uh spirit like spirituality and how it relates to like um spell work and stuff. Is that is that um, I don't know if I'm yeah. saying that right. No, I I pick up what you're saying, and that is definitely true in a lot of ways for me. Um, I've my mom definitely like instilled just the magical sense of believing in yourself and your own power into me and my sisters, um, and that's carried through and through in my life in a lot of ways. Uh huh. I think I think that that comes up uh, here and again in um, in closet which is like uh song titles and imagery and stuff as well does it not yeah yeah i would definitely say yes to that and i think that aligns for most of the band too not just myself which is kind of the beauty of of being in closet which you know we kind of came up with the name not really intending for it to necessarily mean like witchcraft wiccan pagan more just like a sense of um, like having to hide who you were, but still wanting to shout about it in a way. Yeah. Um, but through being together in the band, we really have, um, I think, realized that we all do believe in certain forms of just magic, whether nature driven or self driven, whatever it may be, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's another thing I was going to ask is, is, um, is the. whether the juxtaposition of the words closet and which were like an implication uh, of like having to hide the fact that you, you know, like, like you as in like the band, you know, um, like having to be like, well, yes, like we're witches, but like, we don't, we're not out, we're not out about it. Or, or if there was a, you know, another, um, implication being made there but it sounds like that was kind of that was right the first time with that yeah 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 Yeah, definitely you know when we first started the band we had a lot of frustrations and still do with like the healthcare system and also um i write a lot about self-trauma or trauma that i've gone through in my life and just stuff i really not had a good outlet to talk about so that was really where the name really held its meaning in the beginning um and has just gained a lot of different faces through time yeah there's since i remember like you know like uh we were chatting just for a second beforehand you know that um this might come to a lot of people's surprise that closet witch has been a band uh, well, your first release was 2014, so like perhaps you know, um, even before 2014, y'all were formed. I mean, I'm not, 
I'm not sure on the timeline there. Sometimes bands um, really do just like form and then hit hit that demo like right away. Uh, your your demo came out in November of 2014, so maybe 2014 was the official start date. But like um, where I was going with all that is like the first time I heard Closet Witch was like, oh that's cool. Like because um, like I said before, like there's this whole there's this thing going on there, like the term closet uh, and like the various connotations that can mean. But also like I just really d- don't think that I had heard the word um, witch used in a lot of band titles at the time. And then yeah. after y'all, I started seeing it a lot more. Um, but like not, not to say that um, anyone was seeing that and being like, we want to use that too. But as much as like sometimes do you think there's just a what oh there's a term for that where like it's it's like something is just in the the like human mindscape and just picks up traction like what's that like you know what i'm saying because i yeah yeah i believe in that too and i don't know what the word is but it's like once you see something once and you have it like festering it appears everywhere for you to see right in a way right right and that's that's kind of how i felt like i was like wow there's like lots of bands like using you know the these you know this this uh, this word and conjuring sort of like these different types of like sonics, like almost like sonic imagery, you know, combined with yes. that. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really cool, but it's been like, it's been really interesting. Like, especially, you know, when I was going back through y'all's catalog and stuff, you know, just like, um, cause I remember when, I don't know, I'm getting way ahead of myself, but like, I remember when y'all released that discography and I remember feeling similarly being like, holy shit, that's a lot of tracks. Like, why didn't, why didn't that make sense to me before? But, um, (laughs) it's, yeah, y'all have really been at it for a long time. And, um, yeah, the thing I wanted to start with, and I should have started with that before I just start rambling was, um, like, was this your first band or, had you been playing in bands before this? Um, so I was in a few bands, but nothing that toured or really was, um, it was more for fun. Nothing that really was like made to play shows. Um, I would say Closet Witch is my first real band I've been in that had the drive and wanted to put out actual physical music. Um, But I was in a few bands playing bass um, prior to that. That really didn't, it was just kind of like a local thing. Um, And I, Corey and I played in a band um, together too, where I did bass and vocals at two different points. Um, And Alex actually filled in for that band. And that's how we synced up and eventually formed Closet Witch actually. Okay. What kind yeah. of stuff was that that y'all were playing? Um, so the first band I was in was called Disgruntled Noise Box, and it it was really like a kind of hilarious way how I joined the band. I, I was in a terrible relationship when I moved to the Midwest that was just really um, mentally and physically abusive, and my neighbor kind of took me in as a friend, and his best friend was like, we need a bass player. You want to learn how to play bass and be in our band? And it was just the perfect outlet for me to have some fun and get away from the situation. Um, and Disgruntled Noise Box was just a really like wild, um, spontaneous, kazoo, costume-driven, punk-based, but rock band overall. Um, and we played mostly like Iowa City, sometimes the Quad Cities, and and it was really just wholesome having like friends who just wanted to have fun, not be like too crazy and serious. And the two guys who had the band were in it for like 15 years prior and were best our best friends. Um, and I could see them still doing stuff with that if the if they had the energy and inspiration to do it. It's just kind of one of those bands. And then through that. Corey was their friend and had asked me if I wanted to be in the Peaks, which was his project that has been solo with people, just lots of different versions of it. And that was pretty like uh, punk driven, uh, folky in ways with the lyrical writing and guitar style, just kind of like basic 
basic punkish music. Um, and there were several versions of that um, that recorded. And like I said, I did vocals in that and bass at first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Corey and I also had a two-piece project called Baby Alchemy that was like kind of hip-hop inspired, just electronic um, drum machine, sampler, vocals, um, a more punk side of electronic music for Mm. sure too and that was short-lived it wasn't that short-lived but closet witch kind of took the reins of our time and we had more energy and want to invest in that so just kind of fizzled out yeah you said you were doing vocals in the peaks like what kind Mm -hmm. of vocals were you doing um so it was not screaming i mean there was a lot of gusto in it but um I would say more like Bikini Kill inspired vocals. That's a band I grew up with and loved and probably looked to for a lot of inspiration during that time. Mm-hmm. Kind of just like bratty, sassy, but full of force still. Yeah, yeah. And like you said that when you joined the the first band that you you were just presented like, do you want to play bass? So you picked up bass like specifically for that but stuck with it for a little bit so like what yeah was what was your situation like as far as like you get this bass and then you know or or someone was just loaning you one until you got your own or whatever and then like how were you going about learning uh so one of the members of the band was actually teaching me my friend dan or uh we would get together and he would just show me Lots of different songs, like started with real basics like Ramones and then um, really evolved to like just playing their band songs and going from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that was it. I just uh, would spend a lot of time hanging out and he would teach me. And I, I at first used the person I was with in the relationship space, but they kind of had a sour attitude about it with time. So I just got my own used PV base and, and actually Corey used it in the beginning of Closet, which it had a long life. Got worn out pretty. Got did, worn. Did you did you like connect with? Did you feel like you connected with the instrument at all, or or was it just like this is fun, like uh, and this is the way for me to like be a part of this and express myself, or was there something more? It was a little bit of both of those things. I mean, at first it was just really nice to have kind-hearted friends who wanted to put the time into hanging out with me and teaching me something and do something with me because mm-hmm. I really didn't know anybody when I, I moved from Philadelphia to Muscatine, Iowa, and I really didn't have any friends. And, like, these guys literally just wanted to be my friends. There was no, like, looking at me like a dog or, like, anything else. It was just the want for, like, a solid, pure friendship, which at that point in my life I really didn't – I hadn't had a lot of with males. Um mm-hmm. So that was a lot of the drive to do it. It was just like friendship and it was fun and it was cool to learn something. And it it ended up giving me a lot with time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's something like really interesting to me about how different people like come to being a part of music and yeah. A lot of times, you know, it is, it's very much like this is something that somebody was planning for like a very long time. And like, this could have been the case for you as well in, in, in a way. Like, were, were you, were you ever like when you were a kid and stuff, were you like, oh, it'd be so, so cool to play in a band? Or was it this whole series of events that just sort of, Oh, yeah. I always loved, like, the music scene growing up as a kid and always thought about it. I even had a keyboard at one time that me and my friends would, like, mess around and make fun little music with, stuff like that. Um, But nothing ever formed from that. Um, And then when I started going to shows more... Um, like DIY shows, it was pretty much the Philadelphia hardcore scene, which at the time was still pretty like male driven, not really a woman's world. So, Mm -hmm. um, so I never really saw myself being in a band though. There was always just a love and want to be in that environment. 
and support it. Yeah. Um, what kind of bands were you seeing, like, when you first, like, became of, like, aware of, like, DIY shows and stuff? Uh, like, I saw Wisdom in Chains a lot. My friends were in this band, Slave. Um, that was pretty pretty cool in their little scene. Uh, just lots of kind of classic East Coast hardcore. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw Gorilla Biscuits a little bit, which were cool because they had a little bit more heart. Um, uh, Modern Life is War played in my area a ton, which is kind of funny that now I live in an area-ish where they're pretty popular. But they were they were passing through a lot. Yeah. Was did did like going to those kinds of shows like did that what was your experience with like live music before you started going to DIY shows like? Uh, I paid to go to like a lot of bigger concerts, like with my friends. So I I would see bands like I saw the Smiths, which I don't love now that I'm older. Sure, I saw the sure. Cure, <laughs> Alkaline Trio. I was really into. Um, there was a more a smaller artist called, named Myra from Philadelphia who was like a folk singer and like the Moldy Peaches. Saw them a lot. I would pay just a little more money to go to bigger shows before I really started going to smaller house venue shows and shows in church basements. Yeah. Which I think is pretty classic for your like preteen, early teen years. Oh yeah. Seems like at least with a lot of people I talk to. Yeah. Um, yeah. I loved I mean, La Tigra, like bands like that. So I would just pay to go see all of those bands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely like saw, you know, my my share of like a couple thousand people to see bad religion or whoever at a, yeah. at a big place. And before I knew anything about, uh, you know, do you like DIY shows and stuff? Um, but like, how did it, when, when you started going to like DIY shows from your like previous, like for me, it was like, I cannot believe like I'm, I cannot believe like I'm two feet away from this band playing and stuff. And that the way that whole relationship changed was like such a catalyst for me like did you feel similarly or was it just like because of the things you mentioned before where you're like I don't really see myself up on the stage like like was it there... wasn't in... I'm sorry no Keep no I, I sorry I was just adding to that like w did it still feel empowering to a degree like that it was more like you're on the same level, you're you're right in front of the band, that sort of thing. Uh, definitely. Like when I was going to hardcore shows and stuff, I feel like it was a little more empowering. But I would say it wasn't really fully empowering until I started going to shows in the Midwest. That I really gained that sense of like, wow, anybody can do this. Like people are just being raw, vulnerable, um, and they're on. It didn't feel like I was like looking at an icon or somebody I would worship. It was like watching like your peers and your community and friends play or like the people who could possibly be that. Uh, and it did, it was inspiring and it, it made it like a lot more real that literally anybody can do whatever they want <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. as long as you put that, the heart and work into it a little bit and be genuine. Yeah. And what, what bands were the first bands that you were seeing that really set that off for you? Uh, so when I was playing in Disgruntled Noise Box, some of the bands that we would play with in Iowa City especially were like um, like uh, the Men From Beyond, which were kind of like a psychedelic rock band. This band Techno Lincoln and the Technicolor Union. They were kind of also just like a wild group of all different musicians. I saw Slut River and Supersonic Piss, and they were really inspiring to me, especially um, at the time when I started realizing I wanted to be a vocalist more, like in that era of the Peaks and Closet Witch. Mm -hmm. um, kind of hard to think back to at the moment on, on the spot, but I would definitely yeah. say Slut River and Supersonic Piss really influenced me in the beginning of my closet witch era for sure awesome. that's two iowa city bands yeah so you you, you know that was going to be like another sort of like um train of thought that i wanted to follow is like you know whether closet witch was just like you you're like well i like 
I'm not going to play bass in this. Like, obviously, like, um, Corey plays bass, so it's not like whether that was like, we don't need a bass player, like we need a vocalist, or it sounds like you were sort of heading that way already, where you're just like, I just want to do this. So um, with Closet Witch, like I said, the Peaks went on tour, and it was the setup was... Um, Alex on bass, filling in for our bass player because he couldn't go on tour. I believe Corey was drumming, and Corey's cousin Ben was playing guitar, and I was doing vocals in this version of The Peaks. And Alex and Corey and I just had like a lot of camaraderie. Um, it was just really beautiful and fluid, and that was really our first time like hanging out. So then Alex was in a band, too, at the time that needed a fill-in vocalist. Um, because their vocalist was having a baby, a huge life change. So Corey and I dual filled in for this position. But the genre wasn't really like something Corey and I were driven to do. It was more just like we wanted to have fun with our friends and help them. Mm -hmm. And through that, it was the four members of that band. Well, Corey and I, with the two members of that band, Royce and Alex, that Closet Witch formed because we just enjoyed doing stuff together. And I think we're driven to do something on our own. I really didn't know I was going to be doing vocals in Closet Witch. It was really presented to me. Um, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to scream in a band. I want to like just cathartically let it all out. It was presented to me by Alex, I think. And I, I accepted with fear and also eagerness because I knew it would bring a lot to me. presented was that presented to you like based on like your you know performance like in the in the fill-in role like was it Alex's like holy shit like you're really good at this like we could we should do this yeah I do think it was kind of that um because I always did I would say I never really like was vocally trained or anything. So I, I definitely give a lot of emotion. And though the style wasn't screaming, there were points where I would just like emotionally throw myself with too much into it. And I have always been pretty energetic um, as a as a whole. Um, and I think I think that did lead him to that. It was the performance end of it. I think he had the vision or for what we all could start new together and create. Yeah. You said that you never had any training. Um, and like, uh, like I assume what you mean at, at, by that is like, um, no one's ever like taught you how to do that. Um, mm -mm. but, um, like the thing that I was most, taken aback by when I was like sort of going through the oldest stuff to like the newest stuff that y'all just released um, was like you really in my opinion you really had this voice from like the first track and <laughs> I was like this is fucking unreal like um, did you like you said like you hadn't had any training, but you you obviously like taught yourself. You yes, learned yeah. how to do this. Like you know, yeah. Um, what what did you do to sort of get in? Like, was it a like? Did you you know look look at YouTube videos? Like, oh, this is how you should do this. Did you just spend a lot of time 
like figuring it out yourself? Like where, where did you, how did this click for you? Um, a little bit of both. So I didn't watch YouTube videos, but Alex suggested that I check out Melissa Cross's videos. Okay. Yeah. Which are, yeah, yes, I feel like most people who scream probably know about her. Um, and she gave me a lot. Watching her videos really gave me a lot um, in regards to how not to hurt myself, how to find my voice. Um, and then I, I really look to like females interviewing who were vocalists and I don't even, I can't even think of who it was at this point, but I would just be like female scre- screamer interviews and just like wait till the point where they were asked about, um, screaming. And a lot of them really emphasized like screaming from like your pelvic lower gut area and like just working on your breath work, which a lot is a lot of what Melissa Cross talks about too. So mm-hmm. that was really how I feel like I just was able to, I don't want to say find my voice, but give my voice without, having to like really have all that training and work in it. Yeah. Uh, well, it's um, like you jumped me you jumped ahead of me by about like 5 years cuz I did not start I did not hear about Melissa Cross or whatever like until like 2019. I was just just being raw and probably giving myself polyps, you know, and like <laughs> everything else and yeah. and then 2015 and and then it's like just take a sip. <gasps> yeah. And you're like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> like that's how you can do all that? Like, whoa. Um, but yeah, it's uh, like, you know, if, um, if you know, anybody listening, if they, they're interested, uh, the, the Zen of Screaming series. Yes, or, yes. Know, very, couple, couple DVDs, uh, you could get them yeah. probably about 10 bucks each. And uh, Yeah, and if, if you can't afford it, all of the little clips from it and many others like advice in regards to the Zen of screaming is free online. I definitely think you should support Melissa Cross cause she gives a lot, but, but you can definitely find all of that free too. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And I mean, you know, like, yeah, don't, I mean, that's a, you know, for, I, I personally feel like screamo is not necessarily like the, the most like macho, place which is why it's been such a haven for me but like Mm -hmm. at the same time like you're at the same time like screamo people like romanticize like self-inflicted injury and stuff like yeah and it's like it's ridiculous like there's like anytime you talk about like uh any kind of vocal like preparedness or training or whatsoever like you'll see people like oh I just go out and just do this and you're like you're actually gonna hurt yourself like please don't do that (laughs) and people just be like well if I do then I do and you're just like this is so silly so yeah yeah, just even if you even if you still need to act like that or whatever if you need to act like you know you're like real tough and doesn't matter yeah. if you get hurt. Just just watch the videos anyway. Yeah, <laughs> do something. Yeah. I feel like especially so like in regards to like just doing stuff like that, I'll admit sometimes when we're just playing one show, I'll be really willy nilly with it. But like if you're going to tour for a few days, you got to be good to your body and your soul. Yeah. It yeah. is. It is good because it'll it'll help keep the longevity for sure of, of what you're looking to put out yeah. and also at the end of the tour you will still you'll probably be tired as hell but you'll feel good when you talk hopefully <laughs> yeah yeah I mean like I, yeah I mean there's no there's no doubt that you uh, that you can just like get lost and you're like eh, and then you know yes. like you're just in that other space but um yeah it's just like I you know I mean uh like I Maybe when I was like, how whatever age, I was like, it doesn't like none of that matters. Like, all, the only thing that matters is like what I'm doing right now. But like, here I am, like two decades later, and I'm still like playing music, and I'm like, damn, I am like really lucky that I'm not like hearing impaired, you know, from not wearing yes. ear protection or that I don't. I mean, like I. I, I probably do like have polyps or something. I get checked out, but like, um, but like just the fact that I can still do what I'm able to do. And I'm like, yes, I think about like what the quality of my life would be like if, 
if I couldn't. And I'm like, wow, that's scary. So absolutely. I don't know. You know, if y'all are still on the fence, like, you know, just protect your, your future self will be happy that. Yes. Yeah. Now self protected you. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Be like, damn, I'm happy because now we can, you know, now we can record that, uh, that, that one type of album that we never recorded earlier or whatever, you know? Yeah. You can keep going and doing what you're passionate about, hopefully. And, and at whatever level you want and you won't be restricted, which yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. So, you know, we, we did, we did say that, that, you know, the band started in 2014. So like if anybody can do math, like next year's the 10 year, anniversary and that's very exciting and that's like i think that i feel like that's like unheard of before like (laughs) the 2010s and stuff you know now there's like there are bands like jillian carter and us and and y'all like there's a lot of bands that are like 10 years or around 10 years or more yeah which is it's wild because you know the whole trope is out the window now the trope of like the screamo band that releases four songs, plays five shows, and ne- is never heard from again. But like, um, y'all like for for like a long time, especially once. Um, let's see, like the demo came out in November two thousand fourteen, and then in March two thousand fifteen, the Ergo EP came out, and this is the first one where it specifically says it says like self-recorded and it lists off like some materials that y'all use to record yourself and um and there was like almost like a mission statement there and i really appreciated this and the mission statement was like basically like we recorded this stuff with this ragtag little ensemble of gear that we put together and we mixed it with this free software and it said don't let the uh what was the word specific i think it was like don't let money hold you back yeah it was basically yeah that's basically that was the that was the premise was like don't let what you can acquire based on your finances keep you from doing what you want to do and like that is like such a that is like such a that like that is like my whole shit that was like i yeah got the stuff that I still use to this day, <laughs> but I got it in like 2011, you know? And um, it was just like, yeah, because like no one where I lived um, like played the kind of stuff that I wanted to play. No one like that near to me, like knew how to do this or that, you know? And I was like, if I want to do this, if I want to keep doing this, especially like I had children at the time, I'm like, I'm going to learn, I have to learn how to do this. And yeah. like, wh- what exactly, like, were the, was it similar, like things that made to y'all really like, okay, this is how we're going to do things. Like was yeah. some of those factors as well. Yeah, it was really that. We all live in like small river towns where there really isn't anybody else doing music um, like we're doing. And we really didn't have a lot of money. We just started playing shows, but we wanted to record. And and the beauty of it, too, was that Alex, um, he wanted to know how to record and to do that and learn how to do that. He had the passion there. Um, so it was a lot of that. It was like, well, no one else is going to do it for us. Um, let's just do it. Who cares? Like, we wanted it to sound raw and live, too, or as raw as we could have it sound. Um, so we just did it. We just wanted to do it. So we we really just got into the, our basement practice space and did it. And and Alex had some handy cams, so I think it was all pretty much recorded through that. And hilariously enough, we just demoed a whole, um, or recorded a whole third album, and we did it the same way. Same way as that first release. Like, like it, like a a third album, like in addition to the one that comes out next month. Yeah, yeah. I don't know when the third album will come out, but all the instrumentals are recorded, and we did it ourselves in our practice space, exactly the same way as we did with our our first release. 
That's awesome. You said yeah. You said recorded, but 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 first you said demoed. So, is yeah. what you recorded going to be the final thing? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I said demoed and realized like the guys demoed everything, but then the last time we we did go in, it was I think it was all pretty much the solidified instrumentals. That's awesome. Um, it is. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I I I personally like. Uh, um, I mean, I can see, I can, uh, I can see the, see, like, I can hear, like, what's going on from, like, one recording to the next, you know, where it's, like, Alex, like, sort of, like, well, I'm trying to do, like, sort of this kind of thing a little bit differently on this one, you know, when in the mixing or, or whatnot. Um, but, like, I think that the... um and like as you know as a band like y'all probably have very different opinions about this i'm not sure maybe y- you also agree but i think that like the ergo ep like it holds up miraculously well for like something that was sort of like well this is the first time that i'm going to do this and put it out like um 8 years ago or whatever like i think it holds up with any other recording that y'all have like it's it's like i'm sure that you as a band hear things in it that you're like oh well we should you know maybe this would be a little bit better if it was like this or whatever you know and and like um but like that that's really exciting that like y'all are just like you know what like maybe this third one is good how it is yeah was that yeah. the, was that always the plan to self record again like that yeah or, just, or was it just like this turned out so good like why why do it again um so so with those first few releases and recording them on our own there was something so beautiful just about how raw it was and we did love it I mean we always laugh listening to them as a whole now because like the tracks are so much slower and maybe the the frequencies of the volumes weren't mastered how our our first release was and our second release will be Mm -hmm. Um, but that's because both of those were professionally mastered um but we did kind of go back to recording on our own this third time because it was a situation where we we sat and looked at everything and realized like we had a good time recording um i think like i said alex has the passion to learn learn and learn um we wanted more of that raw sound which when you go into a studio and someone else is doing the recording it is really fun to have that experience but sometimes you can't really capture that and there's so many other stressors when you're on like a time frame that you're paying for yeah. um, or someone else's ears in it who might enjoy you as a band and everything, which is beautiful and great, but isn't physically in the band feeling it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I think a lot of that, of going back to those first recordings did really guide us to um, making the decision to have just the the raw practice space recording. And and I, a lot of it was driven by Alex. He went through a lot in the past couple of years. And I think maybe it empowered him in a lot of ways too and made him just want to continue to learn mm-hmm. um, and gain like our, our sound that we hear as a band. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's really exciting. And I did not expect to be talking about a third album when the second album is uh, is still on yeah. the horizon. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, that was going to be something that I I sort of wanted to, to you know to touch on at some other point, which is like that you know y'all did release the um, the Melification um, two song release, and it specifically says it's like this is material not being used on our upcoming LP. And the drop date of that, those couple of songs was August 13th, 2021. So like, Mm -hmm. is that how long the new albums like been like in the, yeah. In the oven or, you know, however you want to put it. Yeah. Yeah. So we were recording it like right through COVID um, and like finishing recording it and then COVID kind of happened. And then Alex had went through something really really rough on him that kind of put everything on hold. So, Mm -hmm. so we really couldn't go back to working on the album. 
Um, and that's kind of what held us up is that the album was pretty much recorded, but there was work we wanted to put into it because we did go to a studio and there were things we weren't quite, not that we weren't happy with, but things we wanted to change and alter from that experience, um, of this, with the sound. Um, and then just with COVID and, and everything he went through happening, it really just, it put it on halt a little bit. So it probably sat for almost three years. Um, just waiting to kind of be finished. And then, and then we, we had just the decision for art. And then as you probably have had a lot of experience with getting records pressed has been taking an astronomical amount of time. So that put a lot on hold for the physical release too, for this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's where I, that's really where I thought most of it was, was coming from. And, and, um, like, um, you know, I, I wasn't trying to imply any kind of like, uh, um, like that people weren't trying to get it done. Like it's like, for example, there's a release that is coming out tomorrow, uh, where I recorded those guitars on that in my old house. Coincidentally, tomorrow is also my two-year anniversary of this house that we live in now so yeah (laughs) so the release that's coming out tomorrow the guitars were recorded in my old house (laughs) like over two years ago so like it's like that this this all just speaks to you know what you were saying about how long records are taking to get yeah. And Done. life happens yeah. too. It's like yeah. life just happens. And through COVID life really happened for a lot of people. I hate to bring it up, but yeah, it just, it, it knocked in that life happening in a lot of different ways for many different people. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, it, I just, yeah, it's so, it's such a, like, it's, like it's such a different experience to release uh, an album on vinyl now that I've like, I almost like I I love having a record and like getting the record that you you know just spent all this time and energy. It's like this encapsulates like all of your feelings from this window in time or whatever, and you put that on the turntable and listen to it for the first time. Like there's there is nothing about releasing a record that is like come comes like near to that experience but like yeah it is such a production now that i'm just like i don't i don't know i don't necessarily have all that like waiting and stuff in me like for, yeah i get that you know um yeah. but yeah i i suppose that's like y'all having a third record like halfway in the bag already is sort of the way to stay ahead of that like curve you know yeah like if who knows life might happen again yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like might be a while till it comes out but yeah, yeah it's nice to know that like something is coming and and we're proud of it another thing we're just really proud of and excited to finish yeah so you said that that you know the second lp like it's been going through um all these, all these things and getting ready to be released. That'll be, uh, November 3rd. Um, Mm -hmm. but that wasn't like the only thing that was happening. Like y'all were releasing like stuff, like in the, in the meantime, like you all had that, uh, that, that four way split. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so how, how did that, how did that fit in the time frame with the LP and everything? Like where, like, was that the same session that was just like different songs or was that just like the LP was it happening? Was. It was. It was the same session. And actually, so some of those songs we want, we thought we were going to put on the album, but then when we listened to all the tracks as a whole, it didn't really fit in with what we were going for, like laying it out. Um, so we just saved them. And we actually like the four way split um, release or no, Mellification, that release, was supposed to be songs that were going to be, each one was going to be on a split with different bands, but those different bands had life happen too, and they kind of just dissolved, and and uh, that didn't 
occur. So then I think that was pretty much how Malification came to be its own release. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the four-way split were just songs we we recorded during that time, but didn't really, didn't, we thought might be on the album, but then this other opportunity came up and it just fit better to, to put them into that hat instead. I don't know. That's probably my favorite song by y'all. Like, that song is fucking incredible. I I love everything about, like, the way it sort of, like, from, from mm, I, don't, I don't know what point in the song, but the way that it just, like, from a certain point, just sort of takes itself to the end. Like, um, and I don't, there are obviously other songs in y'all's catalog. Like, I think one of the songs from the demo even um, has like a, a sort of like similar like you know guitar picking and uh, different things going on. Like, um, but um, it's like it's more rare for y'all to be yeah. in that zone. So was that part of like that? song in particular being like not included on the LP or was it just like these songs were sectioned out in a different way or yeah I think it was a lot of that it just didn't fit the sound of the LP um it just it had that different sound and and as far as the LP goes like I think when we do put songs like that on the album we very like purposely place them and there just wasn't the the placement for it Mm. um and the grand scheme of things when we laid out what we did want to be on the album. And I, I agree. I, I appreciate you saying that about that song. Cause it's one of my favorite closet, Witch releases too. Um, and, uh, I feel like the song you might be talking about is sea cane possibly. Okay. Maybe um, I, maybe, maybe I, wrote, wrote I have to listen, thing. but, uh, um, but I from, the, from the, the last... first release, Oh, oh, from the first release. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I think Solar you're Lullaby, right. definitely. Yeah, yeah. Solar Lullaby is definitely a very unique song in regards to our more recent releases, though. In that way, with like the picking, just like it's mm-hmm. softer. It, it's softer. And I'll be honest, like it's very, it's a more happy song um, in regards to um, where I was coming from for it. It's essentially a love song. Mm-hmm. Um, so. So it's a lot different from the route I would take typically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I got I got uh, mixed up there because like um, I know that y'all. I know that I can't remember what the. I know that y'all re-recorded and re-released both of the songs from the first demo. Like mm-hmm. one, one um, on what? I can't remember now what it's. Like I didn't write this down. I just like noticed it when I was like going through. Um, but w- didn't you re-release like the first song like relatively like early? But then the but then the second one like not until a bit later. 
Yeah, we re-recorded a few songs. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. The first like, two yeah, yeah. like ended up being re-recorded and putting and put out like sparsely with our full length. I think too. Oh, were they both I, on? I there? think some. I at least one of them. I, I think, think it was the second one, right? Yes, yeah. I I feel like we re-recorded one of those songs or two of those songs, possibly like three times too. Oh, okay. And the, um, when we did that, it could be only twice, but just each time we did it, we were playing it faster and like a little more abrasively. Um, and that was what drove us to re-record especially those songs. Yeah. And like, there were always songs that were kind of like our, our sentimental first bangers kind of as a band for sure. us personally, you know. Sure. We love them. Yeah. You mentioned that's the second time that you mentioned like the the speed aspect. It was now when when y'all first started and like of course, you know, this would be more in in Royce's like a, a question for Royce to answer, but like um like just is your impression that that y'all were sort of you were playing as fast as you were playing at the time, but just over time and you all are doing this like often, et cetera, et cetera. And just like amping things up as you went over the years. So now it's just generally like, we're just a lot faster and it'd be cool to hear those older songs. Like, cause you're still playing them or whatever. It'd be cool to hear them back the way they actually are. Is that the sort of thing? Uh, yeah, it was that, though. It was like every time we would play a show playing those songs, it just seemed like we were more like we were quicker when we played live. So then what, next time we would record, we'd be like, let's do that song because now it's just a whole different tempo. Um, and, you know, as we've grown as a band, it's like the speed just the more you play live, I think, the more you just gain that momentum sometimes and that's that's really what happened and when we look back at them we kind of giggle at listening to those first releases at how how slowed down it is but also there's something to really appreciate about that because you can I mean as far as as we're concerned we really see our growth and and drive together through that mm-hmm. yeah I um I <laughs> I don't know if this is embarrassing or whatever. I've written a lot of songs, so I don't know the names of all of them. So, like, um, Dave and them uh, have just um, released the track list for that um, that wonderful tribute LP that they put together. And um, mm-hmm. and so I was looking to see, like, uh, like I saw, oh, yeah, well, um, this band covered uh, this song. And I'm like, oh, like, oh, yeah, I remember naming a song that. Which song was that? And I went back and I listened, <laughs> and I had a similar experience. I was like, oh, that feels a bit slow now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of, you know, I I wonder sometimes, you know, like um, in, in some cases, y- like there's only been one time where I've been like, oh, we recorded something like too fast, you know, uh, usually it's yeah. the other way around. And it's like you said, it's like, you just get to that point where you're just like, uh, maybe you're inching things along like a bit, a bit, but then it's been eight years, nine years or whatever, you know? And so you're playing this thing and it, and it's like, it's not that it's unrecognizable, but it's just so different. Um, yeah. I don't know. Every time, like, every time we have like a, little bit of time together, me and Jason, and we're going to have some shows. I'm, I'm always like, we should record like a live set, you know, and whatever. Yeah. And, and we don't. And then sometimes, um, like, uh, someone else records a live set of us and I'm, and I just happen to play like the worst I've ever played in my life or something. <laughs> and, and, and you're like, of course that's the way it is. But, um, um, like that's that's fictional. I'm a, I always play my best, but um. Yeah, I, we're a, our own worst critics too. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was my best at the time, you know. So uh, yeah, that's all you can expect of yourself. But yeah, um, it's like if you if you felt good in the moment, that's really what matters. I right. Feel like at the end of the day. Right. Like we're we're here. We can't change anything that happened. You know. Yep. 
So uh, yeah. let's like let's let's have a great time. Um, exactly. Yeah. Um, so like you know, like I said, I'm I'm really excited uh, for for the new LP, and I am uh, is is really excited to hear there's already a third LP. Um, but uh, like, what what has like like when this record is sort of in the pressing stages and everything like that. Um, were you all like conscious that you're putting this new album together to be an album or was that just how things happened? Uh, like when, like when we recorded it and such. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like this, you know, um, Chioscuro is like in the plant. So the plans are made. It's sort of like, okay, we're going to release that in November. But like in the meantime, while you're waiting, you're writing new songs, et cetera, et cetera. Was the plan always like, okay, might as well start working on record number three? Or was it just like writing songs and seeing what happens? Um, so record number three really came along. Um, we knew we were going to write more, obviously, mm-hmm. and I guess not obviously to anybody but us, but, but we have a, we have a good thing going and we enjoy working together. So we knew there was a future where we were going to write more, but as far as the material, Alex wrote pretty much all of it when he was going through his big life thing, which was kind of, um, it was hard on him. So this album was really, I think the the writing on the guitar end was a result of like him needing an outlet for all of that. Um, so it wasn't really planned that these songs would be our next album, but when we, as soon as we got done our second album, we knew there was going to be more. Uh, it was, it was that aspect of it was in the plan, but there was nothing written yet. Um, but did it automatically, if, like, when you, when the rest of the band started hearing the material, did it automatically, like, was it like, okay, this is, like, a cohesive batch, oh, like? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. There's a, there's a lot of emotion um, in just even, like, the guitar that Alex laid down, and, and it is, it's very cohesive, and. I'm really excited to kind of bring it to um, fruition. During even ZBR Fest, we played quite a few, few songs from the beginning of the third album, actually. we Most of the shows we've played in the past year have had songs from that new album on it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Now, um, yeah, I was going to ask... Um, how how many how many tracks are on the new LP? The one coming out in November. Yeah, I believe thirteen. Okay, and the first LP had thirteen tracks. I think so. Yes. What does LP yeah. number three have? Ooh, is it? 13? It might also have. It might also have thirteen. Okay. Oh, so is that I have not, to look at the. Is that not intentional? Uh, it could be intentional. <laughs> I, on my end, I've never thought about that. I'll be perfectly honest, but there could be some intention there from everybody else. Yeah. I I have to admit, I've never even grasped that. <laughs> there's um, there's a lot. Of, there's a, there are a lot of my projects where I aim for thirteen, and um, and. Uh, in, in Coma Regalia, I don't, I don't think about it too much. I just let whatever happen. But so, uh, there's a lot of my projects where I aim for 13 and, um, a lot of them are, th- are 13, but, um, <laughs> every once That's in a while, cool. something just comes along and goofs it up. But I, uh, yeah, when I see <laughs> a 13 track album, I'm always like, was that on purpose? Cause like, I'm like, I'm with that. Like I, I want to like. I'm always like 13 would be cool. 13 would be cool. But, um, yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I think that was funny. <laughs> it's, it's, it just, On our end, it's like, I never thought about that. And I'm yeah. pretty sure the new album does have 13 tracks. And I, I think the, the newest one we're working on does too. That's so funny. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. I thought that sort of like, you know, what we, what we were talking about before, like, 
um, where there's, you, you know, you conjure certain kinds of, of, of imagery, you know, evoking sort of like, um, like, like, uh, it, 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 you know, at least like the mental imagery is sort of evocative of like, you know, rituals in step with the earth and, um, yeah. things like that. And, um, so I was like, you know, wondering like, oh, the 13, like that seems like there's, you know, more there. And, um, yeah. and, uh, like it's, it's even like wilder that it's just like, oh yeah, that is the way that is, isn't it? You know, that yeah, is, it, like I said, it could be intentional on, on Alex's end for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I really don't know. I've never thought about that. I know as far as the imagery and stuff, we are very, very intentional with that as a whole. That's, yeah. That's always a big focus. Yeah. That's awesome. I'll have to ask him. Yeah. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Um, for sure. I, you know, um, when the uh, third, when the third LP comes around, I'll have to have Alex on um, for a chat. Yes. Uh, I, yeah. I uh, just, you know, we had been talking about doing this for so long that I was like, you know, I, well, definitely have to have the chat with Molly first and then, then Alex at some other point. But, um, since there's already another record, then, you know, it won't be too long before I'll chat with Alex, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah and um, thank you for asking again. I really do appreciate you reaching out yeah, once again. Of course. Of course. Um, like, like I said, super excited that the new the new album is coming. Like, uh, you know, it it feels to me because I just saw the uh, release announcement like the other day. So it feels to me like it's coming really soon. But obviously, everything that y'all had to go through to make it happen and stuff, it's probably when that drops, y'all are gonna be like, oh, like yeah, just that weight is gonna be off off of you. Yeah. But, I feel like it is already off of us just having everything solidified for it. Corey and I just listened to the the tape, um, the test tape and like that for me, that was like the last thing. I was like, everything's made. This is just the last thing we needed to approve. Um, so it's been nice, really, like I would say the past, like about a month ago, really, that that weight was kind of lifted off of just like, oh, it's it's here already. Mm-hmm just knowing that everything's in motion. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I said, really excited to hear that and, and, uh, I'm excited for y'all to, um, you know, get like some feedback on all your efforts and everything. Um, and, uh, you know, thanks for taking the time to chat with me and all that. Um, before we take off, is there anything else that you would like to talk about before uh, before we wrap up? Um, I mean, I think the biggest thing I'm just going to mention again, because you brought it up and it is like such a, a powerful message, is like, don't, if whoever's listening, don't let money or what other people think hold you back from finding your outlet and doing what you want to do. Um, that's always been our ethos with the band. We've always kind of just like avoided the drama, avoided everything going on, and just like focused on what we wanted out of this and and never never relied on like money getting us like getting us here or there. It was just like, well, we're gonna do it no matter what and we're gonna put our hearts into it and 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 get that cathartic release and feel good about it. And, and I really, I hope people, if nothing else, find inspiration in that from all of us. Like, don't, don't let all the, the things in the world that try to hold you back, hold you back because they really, they really don't have to do your thing. So, and I, I think like you said too, like Screamo is like so raw and, and intentionally raw. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. And I, I just appreciate you reaching out and, and being such an awesome staple in the community too. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Um. And that was my conversation with Molly Piatesky. Thank you so much, Molly, for taking the time to chat with me. Thanks always to all of y'all listening, wherever you're listening as well. Check out patreon.com slash human machine for updates and other things. 
Until next time, take care and do good things.